Hey, SoundCloud listeners, this is Ed Van Ness. And I'm John Shannon. You found an encore presentation of the Taxi Stand Hour. You can catch us live every Saturday at 10 a.m. by downloading the Radio TFI app. Enjoy the show. Adios. See ya! You found the Taxi Stand Hour. Over. On Radio TFI. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is indeed the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI, as well as on SoundCloud. For this uh, what Saturday, December 28th of the 19, or excuse me, 19. Yeah, it is 2019. I was right. Uh, from the winter wonderland known as the Egan Command Studio. Uh, I'm uh, John Shannon, and from the uh, ele- or the what's the word I'm looking for? Help me out here. The palatial Radio TFI uh, Tower in Queens, New York. It is Mr. Ed Van Ness. Good morning, sir. Good morning, kids and kittens, and and we are in the by the skin of our teeth studio today. Uh, yeah. The, the the frantic the frantic goings on just seconds before we came on air was uh, look my heart my heart don't need this stuff okay <laughs> we we had a little uh, <laughs> big time professional radio goings on there so how are you doing today there young man well I'm a little nervous myself because we just had a little bout of freezing rain here about. Uh, uh, over the last couple hours here, the roads are like uh, skating rinks, and yet my uh, my youngest uh, decided she needed to go to the store right right now. And you know, before it warmed up below or above uh, thirty two degrees, and before the guys got a chance to get out there and lay a little chemical down. So yeah, she's out there, out and about, and I'm pretty much crap and bricks here so well thanks for sharing well you know that's what i do not a damn thing i don't share with you yeah that's true that's true well you know we're 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 expecting whatever that storm is you got it's coming our way uh we're we're just gonna be rain for about a day and a half the uh the second half of today and tomorrow excuse me fortunately Fortunately, I'm on lockdown this weekend, so I've 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 been to the grocery store. I have everything I need, and I am. Uh, the cupboards are no longer bare, huh? They are not. Neither am I, which is. Uh, uh, thank God for small favors. There, you you have no earthly idea, my friend. You have no earthly idea. So, tell the folks what it is we're doing, and while you're at it, clue me in. Well, geez, we got. I got quite a few, uh, quite a bit of stuff here. Uh, we'll kind of get, we'll muddle through. Of course, we've got some uh, more news with uh, uh, Uber and Lyft, as always. Um, 
a kind of startling number uh, when it comes to um, the homeless population and uh, what people are considering doing, not doing, including the uh, Trump administration who couldn't help but uh, lay uh, something uh, at the feet of somebody else, you know. It's always somebody else's fault. And we got a couple other stories in here we'll cover. Um, I Why don't we go ahead and uh, it's kind of breaking news, at least by our standards. Why don't uh, we, we lost somebody that uh, was... Uh, what did I say? He more infamous than famous, I think, and I say that out of respect. But uh, I understand we lost uh, Don Imus, a man who's been in the radio industry for fifty years plus, and uh, and I understand you have a little something something there. I do, I do. Well, let, let me just drop this in. I first heard Don Imus in New York City. I believe it was 1978 or 79. He, he had been on the air there. Uh, he had been banished to Cleveland. He had been on New York in the early 70s. Said something, did something, got banished to Cleveland, which is from him the first time I heard Cleveland described as the mistake by the lake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, when you're banished to Cleveland, you think you almost go to radio hell at that point in time. But, right. <laughs> So I can remember waking up one day. I was I was starting. It's my first day with a new job. I was uh, 20 years old. It was 1979. I was just beginning with the uh, with the New York telephone. And I woke up and I turned the radio on, which was not something I usually did. Uh, getting up this early in the morning was was new to me. And as as it happened, the station was tuned to uh, WNBC 660 on on your AM dial back in the time when AM actually meant something. That's where, you know. Uh, and lo and behold, what do I hear? The first thing I hear is the right Reverend Dr. Billy Saul Hargis, which is one of Imus's characters, long-standing characters. Uh, I'm going to play a bit of Dr. Hargis here in just a second. And you will notice a distinct similarity to uh, our personal deity, Gil Christ. With <laughs> with no shame, Gil Christ is based entirely on Dr. Billy Saul Hargis, who is self-described as God's other son. Uh, <laughs> actually, I must wrote a book as, as Billy Saul Hargis, uh, titled God's Other Son. And uh, he, he worked out of the First Church of the Gooey Death and Discount House of Worship down there in Del Rio, Texas. Uh, and, and I listened to this, and I was just, and it was, Dr. Hargis is a huckster. He's always selling something. It's all money-making. And, and he was, the bit, I don't have the bit. I wish I had it. He goes on about uh, when you die, you're gonna you're gonna need the key to heaven, you know, the key to get into heaven, the key to heaven, and but <laughs> but while you're waiting to go to heaven, you can buy the key to heaven for like forty nine ninety nine, and while you're waiting, it's also a screwdriver, it's a <laughs> it's a Swiss Army knife, and he goes into this whole routine, and it's just it just 
it grabbed me. It, it enveloped me, and I became a big fan. In that period when he was doing real comedy bits and, and all that, and he had characters, and, and, and Dr. Hargis was just by far and away my favorite. I could go on for hours about, about Imus in that, in that period, in the late 70s and early 80s, even, even a little bit uh, in, in, into the... Uh, well, I didn't really listen to him at much after 85 or so because I had moved out of the New York area. But, but boy, oh boy, I was, I was addicted, addicted to Imus in the morning. Even on days I did not work, I would try to get up early so I could listen to him. And uh, he, he had some controversy. That's, that's what he did. Um, and John is giving me the finger. I'll just say clarify it's the index finger this time. Yes. Now now you know better than me did he, he came before Howard Stern, right? Oh, oh most definitely. When Okay. I was a listener to WNBC when Stern came to New York. Now Stern had to go to afternoons because Imus was firmly entrenched in the mornings. Stern mm-hmm. had been do- Stern had been doing mornings I believe in Washington DC. Uh Okay. And so they brought him to WNBC, and those two got along like oil and water. They never got along. Uh, and, and I'm curious to hear what Stern has to say now uh, on his passing. I, if he's going to say something stupid and, and moronic, I would just assume he say nothing at all. Because he does have to remember that, you know, Imus was there before him. Imus was doing his thing. Imus wasn't trying to, nobody was copying anybody. Despite what Stern might say, I don't want to get into this thing as a whole uh, Stern thing. But anyway, uh, so for a time there, WNBC in New York had a really powerhouse uh, morning and afternoon drive, and they played music too. I miss when I was listening. Uh, you might squeeze in one one song in a half hour, maybe, maybe. Uh, you know, and eventually they dropped all that silliness, and uh, but. You know, he had that controversy back in 2007 with the uh, with, with the basketball team and the young African-American women and, and what he said. And, you know, hey, look, he, he said something stupid and he paid the price for it. He retired a few years back. Uh, uh, he was he had his ranch out in uh, Montana, Wyoming. I, it's it's in here. I could it's easily. Easily looked up, but I mean, let's face it. I'm not gonna lie. He looked like he had been dead for about 20 years. He, uh, <laughs> you see a picture of him. He looked like a corpse who just didn't know enough to lie down. And, uh, <laughs> but, but certainly a big influence on me, as far as just entertaining me, many, many mornings. Uh, it's, I happened to come across. When I was listening to, and I've mentioned Neil Rogers before, who was somebody I I, I, I listened to down in South Florida for many, many years, uh, an afternoon talk show host who had his own way of doing things, and he would play comedy bits. He wasn't bashful. He would play them from anybody. And there's this one from Don Imus that I had heard once or twice before that uh, Neil Rogers used to play with great frequency. And it, it's a little bit of a... <laughs> well, I'm sure many people would be offended by it right now, but I'm going to play it anyway. 
this is just, and then I'm going to, I'm going to come right back after that. So just take a listen to this, if you will, kids and kittens. Couples concerned about that house doubt. Listen. It's warm, huh? I'll say. You uh, come here often? Pardon me? Have you been here before? No, first time. Oh. What's your name? Freeway. Freeway, that's nice. I'm Spigot. Pleased to meet you, Spigot. Same here. <sighs> you uh, here to get uh, clean or what? Oh, uh, I don't know. Hmm. You uh, work around here? I'm a waiter, but actually I'm an actor, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's tough, isn't mm. it? You probably need to relax. Oh, I'll say, but, you know, with everything that's in the news and all, it's just... Hey, tough. you can start relaxing right now, Freeway. I, uh, brought something. Ooh, uh... Sheath. Mm-hmm. And Freeway, not just any sheath, either. Look. Wow, gold lame. <laughs> Pretty kicky condom, huh? Mm. But here's the most important part, Freeway. Mm. The Protect label. Protect, huh? Aren't those endorsed by the by... City Council of San Francisco? Absolutely. You know the Protect slogan, don't you? I sure do. Mm-hmm. Certified safe by the city by the bay. <laughs> well, what do you say? Darn, look at that. I dropped the soap again. Oh. I'll get it. <laughs> you bet your life he will. And with confidence. Because Freeway and Spicket have condom sense. Don't let worry spoil those chance meetings in public showers. Always carry Protect. P-R-O-T-E-C-T. Keep my mind free as can be. P-R-O-T-E-C-T. Bend down with no apology. Doubt. Know what it's all about. The Protect Sheath, so they won't send you a wreath. Protect Condoms, a division of Black Flag House and Garden Pest Control Division, keeping situation safe since 1887. <laughs> That's freeway and spigot, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, make of that what you will. That came out of. Oh, the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, that That's the best quality uh, audio recording I can find of that. <laughs> John? John, you're sitting there. <laughs> oh, you know, the thing is, Ed, is, is back then, in the same time period you were talking to, I listened to nothing but music. So it, when it came to... Uh, when it came to comedy bits like that and routines and what have you, I, I really didn't listen. I didn't listen that much to that kind of thing. Uh, it wasn't until probably into the mid mid eighties and maybe into the early nineties when I was listening to uh, programs like that. Uh, again, m- mentioning Stern. Well, Stern wound up coming into the market up here in the Twin Cities. Uh, we had our own guy that was uh, doing really good bits uh, named uh, Tom Bernard. Uh, he, uh, an icon, actually still going today. Of course, now, mind you, he has to be politic- a lot more politically correct, except for the fact that uh, uh, he has no problem uh, tempting fate by laying an S-bomb every once in a while. Uh, right. Well, this... Well, well, this wasn't that. I mean, this was this was a product of the times. This was uh, there was no syndication. Imus was playing to the New York audience at this okay. point, you know. So, uh, and again, that was pretty that was pretty out there. I, 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 I still don't know. I wonder how do you put this together and come up with 
all of Freeway and Spigot. I mean, just the names alone. And it's a funny bit. Let's face it. It's a funny bit. Eh, now, now people will look at it. Now, now look, before we move on, uh, I want to play one more bit. I want to play uh, a little piece of the uh, magic that is the right Reverend Dr. Billy Saul Hargis. Listen closely to his theme song because I can do it from memory. I don't care if it rains or freezes, as long as I got my plastic Jesus riding on the dashboard of my car. I can go 100 miles an hour as long as I got his almighty power. Look up there at my pair of fuzzy dice. <laughs> It's the right Reverend Dr. Billy Saul Harkis here on behalf of the First Church of the Good Death and Discount House of Worship coming to you from Del Rio, Texas, the girl buckle of the Bible Belt. Friends, Dr. Hargis is here to talk to you this morning about the most frequently violated of the seven deadly sins, the one you most flippantly disregard, the one what says, get your heathen hands off your neighbor's old lady. Friends, you know, Moses didn't climb all the way up that mountain to issue the ten suggestions. Oh, no. And that's why Billy comes to you today with the most wonderful offer he's ever made. A way for you to never again lust after any human being, let alone sin with one. Yes, sir. Now you can mess around and not mess up. Lust without being lost. Because for a limited time and a limited time only, from the first church of the good death and discount house of worship's marital aids and rubber products division, Mystic, the extramarital model. Great God. Mystic, the extramarital model. Comes in a three by five plain brown package and blows up into five feet six of potent pink patent polyvital. <laughs> Just specify blonde, brunette, or redhead, then put the old bicycle pump to her and hunker down for a night to remember. And the holy part of this deal is you won't be violating nothing, praise Jesus. And now, sisters, I can just hear you saying, Well, what about me, Reverend Billy? Don't fret, honey. Misty, the extramarital model, also is available as extramarital model max. Yeah, six feet two, a smoking, anatomically accurate hunk. And when you get old Max <laughs> and blow him up there by his unique special valve, <laughs> you'll be saying, get the chopped onions and the relish. Can I get a bud or can I get a witness? So send now. Send me two or three hundred dollars. Send it to good golly Miss Dolly Del Rio, Texas. And when Misty comes to live with you, just prop her up there right on your bed and let her give you some really great memories. Say hallelujah. <laughs> Say amen. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Mr. Imus, rest in peace. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, I just got to thinking uh, uh, that would have probably fit better into our our second uh, our second hour of the Taxi Stand Hour here on Radio TFI. Perhaps. Uh, 
perhaps, perhaps. yeah. But, you know, hey, it was important, you know, important news. I mean, say what you will about Don Imus. Um, a lot of people, I don't even screw it. I don't even want to quote a lot of people. To hell with it. He might have been a little controversial, but you know what? You, you can't uh, deny his significance. Nope. Uh, not none whatsoever. What do you say we get into uh, into a couple things here? You got your uh, stock prices ready there? I sure do. Uh, Uber has dropped down from last week. Uh, dropped about oh I don't know doing some math here twenty eight cents a share down to thirty seventeen. Lyft on the other hand has dropped two dollars and eighteen cents since last Friday. Merry Merry Christmas, everybody! Merry Christmas. I got a number here, by the way, that uh, uh, this was from fool.com. Uh, the, uh, and the speaking of, uh, speaking of Uber, uh, if you would have invested $1,000 in Uber's IPO at the time of its offering, it would only be worth $666. And 44 cents. Praise him. Praise Jesus. That sounds like a right Reverend Dr. Billy Saul Hargis kind of deal now, don't it now? You just send that money right off there to Del Rio, Texas. <laughs> and, and by the way, there's probably some significance to that uh, amount there, $666. So, but we'll... Yeah, WNBC, 660 <laughs> Well, it looks like Uber is going to bid adieu to Travis the K. Oh, no, 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 sir. You have that all wrong. Travis the K bid adieu to Uber. Well, this is this is true. You don't even think it's a mutual goodbye? Oh, no, no. He's Look, as soon as the lockdown ended, uh, or the lockup, whatever it was for the stocks, to uh, Travis the K, he's been a selling fool. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's buying these stocks from him, for to be quite frank, but lo and behold, he's 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 cashed in about two and a half billion dollars worth of stocks. He's oh, yeah. out. He's out. He's done. He has accomplished what he set out to do: make a make a pile of cash. Yeah, on the on the backs, uh, if you will, of people who have been transporting uh, other folks around for a living and doing it rather well over the last uh, uh, 70 years or so. Or more. Say hallelujah. Say amen. <laughs> uh, as it's de- excuse me, it's defective. Boy, there's a Freudian slip. Uh, it becomes effective on December 31st and uh, uh, Travis the K will be gone. Uh, and let's see, you know, it's but not forgotten, uh, but not forgotten. Yeah. Like uh, like Eddie Murphy from uh, uh, the movie Twenty Four Hours, and get the button ready, where Eddie Murphy goes in and says, "Hold on, hold on, before before you go any further." Uh huh. It's forty eight hours. What did I say? Twenty four hours? Yes, you did. You only did the first half of the movie. The first half of the movie, yeah. But anyways, Eddie Murphy saying, "Let's see." Well, we can fuck with next. You are fine one for violation of the verbal It was worth it. <laughs> I, I, 
I was very afraid there that you were going to do the other, the other famous line from that movie. I'm your worst nightmare. I'm a N-word with a badge. That's the one. That is the one. But I thought you were actually going to say the N-word. So. Oh, and that means I'm enjoying this shit. <laughs> Man. Christmas and... Christmas and all that, and look at you, you're, uh... Oh, 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428 is the number if you would like to, uh, join into this, uh, fray. Um, Frivolity, I believe, is the word of the day. That's that's a good word. Uh, looks like a judge, it looks like Uber has a little bit of money still to spread around here, but apparently, uh... (laughs) Uh, a judge has uh, stricken down the uh, New York City cruising cap. Now, do you know of which one I'm talking about? I do. You do. Could you explain what that means out there then? Okay. What that means, this applies to basically Manhattan only, which is where uh-huh. basically the city has said for the past year and a half, you can to these four higher vehicles, FHV cars they're called, Uber, Lyft, etc., you can only be empty 31% of the time you're on the road. Any other time you need to be out of Manhattan. In other words, they're trying to cut down on the cruising. Empty cars just rolling around, waiting, waiting, waiting for work. It's yeah. like a very good idea. I mean, despite what you think about Uber and Lyft, uh, it seems like a, a, it would be a logical thing to do uh, for many reasons if none other than to just keep the excess traffic from piling up in uh, right. New York City. In other, what, in other words, what, another thing that they're trying to do is to prevent these guys from deadheading back into Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving empty. Now, as a, as a veteran of uh, almost five weeks as a New York City taxi driver, mm-hmm. I, can, I can say, although I tried to work other boroughs, now the the those people are different because they're getting calls on the apps. I I I got a few flags in the other boroughs, but but nothing to uh, speak of. And I had an app working, but there was just nothing there. Uh, although taxis, medallion taxis, do pay for the privilege of being to be able to cruise in Manhattan. That's what they pay for those those uh, permits, those medallions that are literally bolted on the hood. Of the vehicle, that gives them the right to cruise around as much as they want. There's no reason for the Uber and Lyft cars to be doing that. All your work supposedly comes through that app, so there's no reason. Oh, I know the reason that you're deadheading down into Manhattan or up into Manhattan, depending on where you are. It's because you feel like you'll get more work there. I understand that, but. Uh, and right now what's happening is that Uber and Lyft are not permitting drivers to go online, except for certain times, to right. try to uh, accommodate the law. And of course, Uber and Lyft could care less. Oh, then let, let's put 200,000 cars on the road there. They don't care. So so that's that. Hope that helped. Yeah. Well, and of course, I, I got to love the the idiots that actually are out there flagging down Ubers 
uh, and, you know, because they all, they still have their markings, you know, they still have the yeah. Uber or Lyft line. And I wonder if people are actually flagging down Ubers. Do you think those, oh, yes. those, those cars are charging them what Uber would normally charge for a ride? They're not going to get that supposed discount. Well, well, st- well stop, stop and think about this. Let's say uh, the ride, let's say I order an, an Uber and it would mm-hmm. be 10 I'm paying ten dollars. Well, the drivers, mm-hmm. the drivers may be getting four of that, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, so if I roll up to you, hell, I was doing this when I was on the dark side. What's Uber charging you? They're charging me twenty. Okay, I'll do it for the same twenty because I'm gaining because I'm not giving up Uber's part. Mm-hmm. So, sure, they they can do it right for whatever rates Uber's charging, and they'll make more, a lot more money. Because Uber's oh, keeping 50-60% of the money now. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Uh, before we go into uh, before we go into dump Trump mode, uh, I, I do want to touch on something here that's kind of near and dear to my heart, if you, uh, if you will. Because um, I have been on the cusp of being homeless myself on a couple occasions. Uh, and I don't really want to talk too much about that in particular, but I do have a lot of empathy for homeless people. Uh, apparently, the federal government uh, is reporting a 2.7% increase in the nation's homelessness. Uh, it was driven by a spike in uh, California. Uh, the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development is reporting a third consecutive uptick in its homelessness uh, projection for the county, excuse me, for the country, based on a summary of its annual report obtained by the Associated Press. Now, Trump, who has been uh, critical of the homeless problem in California, uh, and HUD said the increase uh, seen its January snapshot was caused entirely by a 16.8 Six percent, excuse me, sixteen point four percent increase in California's homeless uh, population. Now, there are cities who are trying to do a little something about this. Um, here in Minnesota, we're uh, we're actually building we're we're building shelters. We're we're at least trying to keep people off the streets. I understand that. Um, it's transitional housing. It's not permanent housing by any stretch of the imagination, but it beats uh, beats the hell out of sleeping out in the cold. Yeah, it does. So, uh, a, a lot of people, unfortunately, what I'm finding, uh, don't don't. I think they just don't want to be to find to get the shelter. Uh, maybe it's just the way they're conditioned. Maybe it's the fact that. Uh, you know these shelters and these uh, uh, these places have rules. They have uh, you know you can't come into the shelter drunk. You can't come into the shelter you know all high and crazy and what have you. You can't bring a dog. You can't no. You can't bring a dog. You're right there. I don't. I, I, although I, I the the homeless people I see here in this area, just a small portion of them maybe have a have a dog along well, that, with them but that rule is important to them 
yeah, yeah, that's that's understandable. Uh, Trump is uh, one of the things the administration is is talking about doing uh, is using old and unused government property to house these people. And on it on it on face value, it doesn't seem like it's too bad of an idea. But the biggest single biggest problem I think with uh, that's causing the uh, homelessness issue because people that are homeless who hold, are holding a job who are not uh, uh, who are not dabbling in drugs or you know or have any kind of drinking issues or anything like that, um, especially in California, especially San Francisco, I I don't know how a person can actually afford to live out there. Me neither, which is why I don't live out there, and I want to. Yeah, um, yeah, that was the one thing that we definitely noticed. We we took the family about uh, three years ago out to the West Coast, starting in uh, starting in Vegas, and we went to L.A. and then on up to San Francisco. I think that San Francisco is one of the most beautiful cities in the country. But say say hallelujah, say amen. Yeah. By the way, by the way, San Francisco has one of the greatest intersections of all time. Yes, uh, Van. Uh, what I know that one of the streets is Van Ness. What was the other one? Eddie. Eddie Street. E D D Y. Eddie Street and Van Ness Avenue. I know. Thank you. And have they finished constructing that uh, Chinese t- uh, chug or tug joint there uh, on the corner? Not yet, but I'm going to go inspect it personally, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, goodness. But I, I want to... I, I think that there is a whole lot more that can be done for, for people when it comes to this. And part of it is, is it is... Even in Minnesota, even in the Midwest, Twin Cities... Uh, Rent prices are just completely off the uh, off the chain here. Uh, well, remember that's all that, that that always goes hand in hand with everything else. The landlord has to charge more because the mechanics, the the plumbers are charging more. Who are charging more because the suppliers are charging more. Who are charging more because the fuel companies are charging more. Uh, you know, and, and it get, and it finally gets down to the cost of a can of corn. Those farmers are charging more, so, you know, and it works its way, you know, we're never going to see prices go down. And then wages have to go up, and it's a whole silly, silly, silly thing. Well, the problem is, too, is is wages have not caught up with the cost of living, if you will. Speak for yourself. Well, yeah, okay. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. That's... Rub it in, brother. I'm I'm very fortunate right now. Very, very fortunate. So we'll just leave that at that. Okay. And I'm happy for you. Mm-hmm. I, I am happier than hell. I've been, uh, you and I have kind of traveled this roller coaster together for the last uh, two and a half years or better. And uh, and so, yes, I'm very happy for the fact that you finally gotten your head above water. And, and, and I've, I've puked my guts up a couple of times on that roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can you're actually able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train. And I'm, I, not- I'm still not sure about that. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still not sure. Okay, it's uh, speaking of homeless. Look, I, I let's 
a year or so ago, year, a couple of years ago, I was borderline homeless, thanks to Mike King. Uh, I wasn't homeless. Uh, mm. He put me up for a couple of months to allow me to to kind of get back up on my feet. Well, actually, get back up on my knees. Uh, right. Which was barely what I did. And uh, so I, I, I know the fear of that. I know the fear of... I, look, there are people in a lot worse situations than I am. I got very fortunate. Look, I had a bumpy, bumpy road the past couple of years. Uh, the, the ship is kind of straightened out. It's in much icier waters than I would prefer it to be. <laughs> I missed the Gulf Stream. But, you know, uh, uh-huh. as I've been asked lately, oh, gee, aren't you going back to Florida? I would love to, but the job is here. Uh, so uh, let's hope that we can find a solution. And remember, not all the solutions can be presented to people. People have to work it out for themselves. You were saying... Not everybody wants to go to the shelter for a variety of reasons, safety and all that. And some people just don't want to be around other people. This is true. They would rather risk it on a minus five degree night in downtown Minneapolis, wrapped up in a bunch of blankets, than to be within spitting distance of other people. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up, John. That's... Well, and, and the key thing that I was going to mention, too, uh, pointing again more to the disparity between uh, uh, weight, uh, excuse me, uh, this, this whole notion that even people that are making $15 an hour, you still cannot, can't afford, uh, you know, a room at the Fleabag Hotel uh, for right. $15 an hour. Uh, wages here it used to be that they considered uh, rent should be no more than twenty five percent of your your total uh, uh, net to, uh, excuse me take home pay and now nowadays I mean we're, we're hovering up up around jeez uh, uh, what did I see one time forty to forty five percent of your take home pay is going towards rent. Right. That's crazy. So, okay, you, you've got a good point. Things are getting more expensive. You know, it's getting, and not to mention property taxes. I feel feel for the owners and, or landlords who are dealing with increased uh, property taxes. But unfortunately, the cost of maintaining streets and uh, maintaining uh, a police presence and, you know, fire and and that has also gone up. So obviously, property taxes are probably going to have to do the same thing. The bottom line is is that people need to start getting paid, not just a minimum wage, but a living wage. Well, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother time. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. confident I'm right. You're you always confident that you're right, probably more so than you deserve, but uh, perhaps. <laughs> Again, seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight. Oh, it's been kind of a lull, wouldn't you say, in the whole uh, impeachment? Uh, well, right now? 
Well, I wouldn't say a lull so much. Uh, well, maybe a little bit of a lull. Things have slowed down because everybody's off doing their holiday thing. You know, Trump is down in down in South Florida where I should be. Uh, uh, Rudy is is in his in his uh, cellar somewhere. You know, staying out of the sunlight. That is, that's a man who's taken a fall from grace. That is. Rudy Giuliani, oh my goodness, it, it, it is just where, I, I, I mean, he was America's mayor, he was the man, he was, so what, he married his first cousin, eh, it happens, you know, but boy, oh boy, he's just gone cuckoo bananas now, hasn't he, uh, I, I mean, in, in all serious, put all the politics aside, but, but Rudy, please, what what is it? You're not a stupid man, or at least we didn't believe you were. No matter what you think you're doing and the reasons you're doing it, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself, <laughs> you know, look, your, your, your grave, grave, gravestone is not going to be what you believe it's going to be. First off, they're probably going to take you out of, you're going to die in prison at this point, it appears. You're, Wait, what me a fall from grace? Good Lord. I, I mean, and, and it's just, dude, just, just, I don't understand. I don't get the appeal. Somewhere, somehow, the, the Cheeto in charge has pictures of everybody. I don't get the Kool-Aid. I don't get it. But I don't want to get into that right now. What I would like to at least touch on here, and we'll do it an hour or two, uh, John John has some audio recapping. Was is it the year or the decade? The decade. The decade. So we're going to talk about that after uh, an hour or two after after we take care. Oh no, that's the, isn't that our special uh, 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 wayback machine this week, isn't it? Yeah, that's on. Yeah, that's on the wayback machine. Oh, that's I'm sorry. Great. I I I didn't go to rehearsal. Well, I went to rehearsal. John wasn't there, so uh, I apologize for. You're so full of shit, your eyes are brown. Uh, you are too slow. You're right. I. You do you not know me? You should have your finger on that button, twenty four seven. Like I've only got so many fingers, and they all have priorities. Okay. Oh, like that one. <laughs> well, there's that one. Yeah. Uh, so, oh my God! Oh. So I forgot. I forgot we were doing that. Uh, but going back to the Cheeto in charge, uh, there is an individual. God, I hate people that have, that have their name like this. But nonetheless, F. Michael Higginbottom, Bottom. Excuse me, Higginbottom. Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Say that name again slowly. F. Michael Higgin. Botham. Now, if you change Michael to Walter, then it's a criminal in a bad comedy. It's the bad guy in a bad, bad comedy. bunch bunch of ragtag, bunch of ragtag kids are trying to save the property where their little clubhouse is, you know. And, and the villain is is the wealthy F. Walter Higginbottom. Tell me, Higginbottom's not a comedy name. I dare you. And then you put an initial in front of it. Well, he's making uh, he's making some comparisons to the uh, with the impeachment process here too. Of course, when Nixon uh, 
was uh, when Nixon re resigned, I should say, uh, and the you know the House they began the proceedings, but they the Nixon said I'm going to get out, did the right thing, and got out of Dodge before. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you know what he said, don't you? What did he say? Smear. Yeah. Jeez. I should have known. I how did you known. not? How did you not see that coming? How long have I known you? Yeah. Okay. How long have I been doing that at the end of every show? Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. So and now, so anyways, <laughs> by the way, it's Higginbotham. Same difference. Yeah, I hear you. It's the same uh, difference. Well, and what what Nixon in Nixon's uh, case, uh, he said by taking this action. Uh, I hope that I'll be, or I hope that I will have hastened the start of the process of healing, which is desperately needed in America. Praise him. We need to heal. Put the affected part of your body on your radio. We will heal it for just a small donation. Send me a couple <laughs> $300. And so when you think of it, it's kind of crazy, but... If you, when you look at Trump, you have to say that uh, at least Nixon took the high road. Well, he took a road. The fact that he took a road. <laughs> this, this is true. But he hit the road. I am not a crook. Listen, the only reason that Republicans are even coming close to, uh, uh, to supporting him is, is because a lot of them, whether they want to be or not, uh, are on uh, on Trump's coattails. If uh, Trump winds up leaving, you're going to find you're going to find the voters going en masse to the polls to vote for a Democrat, regardless how conservative they are. Because which, which proves one thing beyond the shadow of a doubt mm -hmm. that most of these people in Congress are not there for the country; they're there for themselves. Uh huh. Do the right thing. Look, I don't care which side of this you fall on, as long as you fall on it for the right reasons. Not because it'll improve your standing and get you reelected, but because you feel this is the right thing for the country. If you're if you're a Republican and feel that, well, the president did nothing wrong, despite an overwhelming amount of evidence, but be that as it may, if that's how you truly feel, then by God but then, then I will defend your right to have that opinion. I'm with you. But don't do it just because, well, geez, I'm not going to get reelected if I don't actually stand up. Because you're not doing anybody a favor. By, uh, no, you're and by the way, on a, we're doing the emergency bat turn here because I don't want to get too far away from this. John, do you still have ink on your fingers from when Twitter put you in lockup? Oh yeah, exactly. No, I uh, fortunately mine was only a was only a twelve hour uh, lockup. And by the way, thank you for reminding me because I've forgotten because I have memory issues. It seems like, but I have forgotten that I actually had a nice little rant for Twitter. Mm -hmm. So now you're still in lockup, are you not? I I'm still. I am still in lockdown. I uh, they they've taken away my shoes, my socks. Uh, all I give the socks. 
it's it's unfortunate and and i can't figure out why and i go through the process it says put in your phone number we'll send you a confirmation code the code never comes no matter what device whether it's my my uh, desktop whether it's my phone my tablet doesn't matter uh i've gone through the process numerous times to get them for some reason they say it's a security reason i don't understand it i've changed my password they still don't let me back in uh so if somebody wants to uh send me a uh a, a cake with a file inside or a new password or whatever you know uh we got to bust me out of out of the who's gal yeah no kidding jesus and uh for those who um for those who uh will remember earlier this uh earlier in this um particular uh week I myself have been was in uh, Twitter jail there, if you will, and all I, I got to tell you, you know, I I know that Twitter is trying to crack down on on uh, illicit behavior and uh, you know hate speech and everything else. What are you doing in there? I, I pressed the wrong button. Just continue on. <laughs> so. Uh, and there, I still see people flaming each other, you know, left and right. So I want to I want to give you my tweet of the week that got me uh, busted and and barred from Twitter for uh, for twelve hours. If you had twelve hours set, twelve hours? I do twelve hours on my head. Are you kidding me? Twelve hours, you pansy. Well, and then I had to also delete the tweet, you know, so that was part of the uh, part For, of the conditions. Apropos to nothing, but mm-hmm. I found out about John's lockdown by seeing a, 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 a tweet from Soulcap at Soulcap. He had re, he had retweeted your, you know, your declaration that that you had been locked down and and all that and i didn't see it on from your account i thought oh that's interesting and uh i went to do something i i switched over to the show account and then i went to switch back to my personal account and that's the the last thing i read on my account was about you being being shut down (laughs) (laughs) anyways um so i was replying to uh, an individual whose uh, handle, uh, Dr. Boyce Watkins One, uh, he was uh, he was kind of trashing Lizzo. Now, a few people, if nobody knows who Lizzo is, get please step out of the cave. She's been the you know one of the hottest commodities in entertainment here in the last uh, few months. And uh, the, the guy, this uh, Dr. Watkins, in, under the guise of trying to be concerned, was uh, doing a ton of fat shaming. You know, if you, Lizzo is a big girl. There's no two ways about it. But uh, so he was doing a bunch of fat shaming and whatnot. And I, uh, I quoted or I um, tweeted him, and it was a direct reply. Uh, you can be in the best shape possible and get hit by a bus tomorrow. Uh, are you paying for Lizzo's health care? Her weight is her journey, and she damn well doesn't need your opinion. So uh, 
I, I don't think. I mean, I didn't swear at him. I didn't call him a a uh, you know a dirty name that refers to uh, oral sex or anything to that uh, to that effect. I just made what I thought was a very valid point. Now, uh, Ed, to, we 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 were talking earlier in the week, and Ed told me that he he probably was uh, he probably reported my tweet. That's that's I, th- there's no way because your tweet was so benign it was downright boring to be quite honest with you. Yeah, but exactly because I'm pretty confident. Okay, now I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty confident that Miss Lizzo is aware that she's not a size two, and nor does she care. And that may very well be, and, and that's that's her thing, okay? But but getting back, your tweet was just, okay, let her worry about it. It's not your problem. That's uh-huh. that's it. That's it boiled down. And this this is so reminiscent of when, when an Uber or Lyft customer doesn't get their way with a driver and they'll report them as being drunk or, uh, you know, some other crazy thing and next thing you know you're shut down uh, uh, you're deactivating you don't know why they've twitter has already asked me can you provide more details no i can't because i don't know why I'm, I, I'm in jail but you know hey i just made that about me again i didn't mean to but usually i do usually it's quite intentional but not that time but no your, your tweet was so benign it, it was but you're out now. You got a now. You have a criminal record, though, in the Twitterverse. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm afraid. I'm almost afraid to reply to people. Don't be. You know, Don't be. Well, here's the deal. When I for when I first reply to someone, I usually try to keep it above you know above board. I try to be somewhat diplomatic. Uh, I I try to you know it's kind of like uh, how I was there to the good Doctor Watkins. Uh, I I think I was I think it was polite. I ex- expressed my point without being uh, uh, without being negative about it or anything like that. Unless he somehow just made a quick read of it and suggested that he got hit by a bus. But uh, well, you were ho- you were hoping he got hit. Oh, you threatened him with a bus. That's what it was. I did. I was going to drive the freaking bus. As a matter of fact, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, John, for and 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 all of you out there, I, I want to give you my foolproof solution for when I have a I want to reply to somebody, and I feel that I have to be a little guttural, if you will. I have to get down in the streets and uh, and duke it out with them a little bit. Go back to the old neighborhood type of way of doing things. Pull out a sly rap here or there. If you don't know what a sly rap is, don't stand next to me when I'm angry. Uh, but uh, this is a foolproof way it works for me every time. You know what I do? What? I, I tweet under your account. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Haven't had a problem. Haven't had a problem since. Yeah. But, okay. So, we're probably assuming that this, uh, that the good doctor here probably uh, in, indeed reported the tweet but what goes further than that is that okay twitter did you did you read the tweet 
Did, did you instead of just saying, "Oh, geez," he like like you said with Uber, you know, same thing. The the driver the, they say that the driver did this. Well, the driver actually probably didn't want him smoking or eating a eating a bag of Cheetos in his car. And uh, and, I, and it goes like this, John. I'm going to cut you off. Here's what you'll hear from Uber, Twitter, whoever. Well, we 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 disabled their account for X amount of time. So we could do an investigation. They are covering their butt. And they're saying, well, we we got a complaint. We looked into it. They didn't. It's all automated. But they can say, well, well, we shut them down for X amount of time. And there you go. Everybody's happy. Not you, not me, but, but we don't count now, do we? Well, the thing is, is what do you expect for a... A free service. Let's well, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly true. I was just thinking the same thing. You know, you, you get your money's worth. And, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, but I, I was still taken aback by it. You know, here's the thing. I call... And it just goes to the, the, the whole point again of the, the whole... Uh, he had to have reported it. Because I have, I have called Donald Trump every name in the book... I have harassed that man like like half the nation has that's on Twitter. Well, you're actively aiming to be blocked by him. This is oh, your yes. goal. This is your goal. Your stated, if, if you're not aware, ladies and gentlemen, kids and kittens, Dr. John Shannon's stated goal in life right now is to have El Presidente block him on Twitter. He wants to get that, that message that says, at real Donald Trump has said toodaloo to you. Isn't that good? Am, am I wrong there? Am I misreading this? No. To tell you the truth, to be blocked by an individual, not just Trump, but to be blocked by an individual, I wear that as a badge of honor. If I ever get my account, if I ever get my account back, I will, I will block you. Well, thank you. I don't You're feel just all warm and fuzzy inside. I can take care of that too, but that's another. That's an extra ten bucks. <laughs> oh. But no, I, because I think that part of it is is that when you block somebody, uh, when somebody blocks you on Twitter, that means that you have you have hit the last nerve of somebody that uh, some self righteous piece of uh, you know dog dung here, and uh, it, it just it I don't know. It's just a warm feeling to know that. You've made some asshole feel, you know, like, oh, I can't take it anymore. I, I got to block him. I don't want him bothering me anymore. <laughs> and that's that. 754-800-CHAT, 754-800-2428. You are listening to the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI and on SoundCloud. And, yes, the, uh, the Taxi Stand Hour... Uh, Twitter feed is still up and running and is still barely. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it, it, it's still there. It's, it's still, still there. there. So, yes. So if you're listening to this, listening to this, especially on the uh, on the uh, replay there on SoundCloud, and you hear something that uh, touches a nerve, send us a tweet. Yeah, we we'd love to. Don't send it to me. Don't send it to me. Don't send it to TFI Taxi because you, you won't be heard. <laughs> 
Isn't that time, folks? It's that time. It is that time. God, how the hour flies by. So, hey, we'll be back in uh, a couple of minutes here with uh, part two of the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI. See you then. found the taxi stand hour the worst talk radio i've ever heard in my life on radio tfi special Christmas message, the immortal Elvis. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. This here is the king. I know I haven't been around much for a while, but I want you all to know that up here in rock and roll heaven, I'll be thinking of you this Christmas. And I'd like to give you all a special Christmas message, a message of peace, like, uh, how about a little piece of that pie going by? Thank you. Thank you very much. Like I was saying, Christmas is a time of hope, a time of joy, a time for loving. And I sure would love a big slice of that pizza you got there. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, Christmas. Now, Christmas to me means family. And family means friends. And friends means getting together. And getting together means eating. I'll pass me that drumstick, would you please? Well, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And I just want to say to you right now, you know, I may be a big star, maybe too big, but ain't nobody so big you can't reach out a helping hand. Uh, a helping uh, a hand. Uh, would you hand me a helping of those mashed potatoes over there, would you please? Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, like I was saying, ain't nobody so big you can't stoop to help a friend in need over the holiday season. Now, speaking of season, you want to pass me that salt sugar when you get the chance? Thank you. Yeah, just, just unscrew the cover. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. So this Christmas, why don't y'all take a tip from old Aeolus? No, no, leave those steak tips right where they are. You know what I mean? No, I appreciate it. Thank you. I want you to remember, we're all part of God's great big family. And you know God made man unto his own image. And look in the mirror, I'd have to say God must be a big, big son of a gun. You know what I mean? I think you do. But I especially want y'all to remember this one last thing. When you're all at home this Christmas, stringing that popcorn up on the tree, save a big, big bowl for the king. Extra butter, know what I mean? I think you do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey. Hey. We're, we're back. How about that? You're listening to the Taxi Stand Hour on Radio TFI and on SoundCloud. And, you know, it, it's so funny because I've heard this I've heard this bit before. And so I, I pretty much know when it ends. But, you know, when you're trying to navigate a mouse between two screens and one actually 
is sitting behind the other as opposed to uh, side by side, uh, things can get confusing, if you will. So that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Hmm. So anyway, from Egan, Minnesota, I'm John Shannon. And from the the Queens, I was just ready to say the Queens, from Queens, New York, finishing his last couple of bites of that delicious Danish, mm-hmm. Mr. Ed Van Ness. It's a cheese bun, and you're right, it's delicious. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Good morning, kids and kittens, and uh, uh, excuse me, I just had a text come across my screen. It was bizarre. Uh, yes, and I have more controls to work with here, and I don't seem to have a problem Hitting my cues, John. Well, well, cue this. Okay. Seven five four eight zero zero chat seven five four eight zero zero two four two eight is the number to call if you want to join into this uh, fun. You can make our ring our bell if you uh, if you will. There, uh, we are. We're going to do something a little bit different here on the. Uh, Wayback Machine this week as you... Oh, oh, are we into it? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we doing the Wayback Machine now? Oh, I'm just explaining it out a little bit. Well, in that case, let's get into it. Well, let's get into it. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting installment of Professor Shannon's Wayback Machine. A look ahead to what's happened in the past. Here's your host, Professor John Shannon. Okay, so like I was saying here, we're, we're going to wind up doing something a little bit differently this time around. This is the last show we will be doing of 2019. What? Yeah, can you believe it? The last show of the last, the last show of the decade. That means another cheese cheese bun. Are you celebrating? He is actually so. Oh my! God. I'm enjoying it, man. Do you know that when we first started this uh, gig, I it was kind of my routine in the morning to grab myself a big old bowl of cereal and sit here and munch and slurp and everything else and I remember it specifically telling me that he did not want to sit there and watch me eat yeah and that's still true <laughs> remember those days yeah nothing's changed I still don't want to watch you eat <laughs> this is quiet go ahead do your thing do your whole show oh okay so anyways um, I'm going to do it a little differently this time around we uh they put together a panel on Meet the Press there uh, of five and well, four panel members and the host, uh, Chuck Todd. Uh, they are Peggy Noonan, um, Helene Cooper, Rich Lowry, and Doris Kearns uh, Goodman, I think it is her yes. name. And uh, so they did a little wrap up of what they thought were some of the more. Uh, important events or prominent events if you will of the last decade and we're going to get we're going to get their opinion on on what they think uh, were the important things and then 
uh, Ed and I will kind of go through a couple little things of what we thought were. What? Oh, you didn't get that memo, did you? No. Are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about cheese buns? Uh, well, but do me a favor, would you? Yeah. Would you clean clean the remnants of it off your lip there, please? <laughs> Homophobes. Oh God! <laughs> All right. Anyways, we're gonna go ahead and play this here now for you. Now this again is from Meet the Press. Uh, Meet the Press. Dead. What's that? Uh-uh. Nothing. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So here we go with this. It's it's about six minutes long. So we're gonna cut it in and out, right? Ah, uh, no, no. It's it's actually very fluent. So. Just put your earbuds in and give it a listen. Back now with Endgame and the um, end of the decade. It's sort of weird to think that the decade when we finally, we, we're going to enter a decade that it's a lot easier to refer to instead of the aughts or the tens or the teens, the 20s, 30s. It'll be a lot easier now. But I, we asked all of you to come up with what were the most impactful stories of the decade, um, sort of politically, socially, and we tallied them up, created a scoring system. There was a tie for fourth, a three-way tie for fourth, uh, with the Great Recession, the recovery from that, Osama bin Laden killed, and Trump's 2016 election. Peggy, hmm. you had the recession and recovery. Why? Oh, my gosh. The recession was not only an economic event, 2008 yeah. in America, it was a psychic event. It changed us politically. It changed a whole lot. It was not a recession and a small thing. It was a big epical event. You put Bin Laden on there. You weren't alone, but you also had Bin Laden. Because I'm a news reporter. You guys yeah. are thinking these big, no, lofty, no. you know, um, high altitude <laughs> thoughts. You, that was about, a big event. Hey, yeah. I'm thinking about what what grabbed us and just riveted, like slammed us down in the chair. And you're like, oh, my God. What? Yeah. Look at the headlines. Look at that was a huge deal. We've been looking for this guy for for more than 10 years, for 11 years, and for, for far more than that, actually. And that was a big news story. So while we have Trump election tied for fourth, the next one at number three is political realignments. Um, and uh, Rich, we put your Brexit within political yeah. realignment as part of that. All of you had some form of this. The AA. Look, that's why it's third. Yeah, well, the coalitions uh, of the parties are shifting. They have been for some time, but it's been accelerated. And Boris Johnson's smashing victory in the UK points to how a more populist uh, nationalist right potentially has a broader appeal. The number two story uh, of the decade. Let's show it on screen here. Climate change. Doris, you had that, I believe, as your top. I did. Uh, most important That's story. That's because of the I'm decade. thinking as an historian, what are they going to say 50 <laughs> years from now? And am I going to be right 50 years from now? But I think when you look at the natural disasters that happened, you looked at the withdrawal from the Paris Peace Accords, if that continues, and if we're not taking a leadership role in this, the generations to come will know that we failed. All right. Number one was something that, I'll be honest, so we in our, in our staff meeting, we were trying to figure this out because about half of you put, well, let me reveal number one before I give it away. <laughs> We've decided to call it social ills because half of you put gun massacres, Sandy Hook, half of you had uh, re referred to opioids. And this is where I want to spend a minute. In some ways, when you put that together, it does feel as if, yeah, we have a societal ill here. Yes. On this one with, and we haven't figured out how to tackle either. 
Yes, uh, I would say America and drugs has been a huge story. The number of people who never used to get into that area of life started in the past five, seven years. These are uh, all getting, legal drugs. These yes, are not illegal getting, drugs. Yes. They're legal drugs. And attendant to this is the change in legal pharmaceuticals. What's there? The sense that people have that in a way we're all guinea pigs in a way for a new uh, drug revolution that's going on. We don't know how things are going. I would add into addiction, social media addiction, pornography, all of those things that very quietly happen but change the face of a country. And the increasing isolation of so many people. I yes. That that's, that reinforces all. that. Yes. Helene, in your news yeah. event way, you put Sandy Hook as number one. Yeah. And look, it's the it is there are two memories etched in my head of being a White House correspondent. One is the yeah. Bin Laden death, and mm -hmm. two is that Sandy. day at the White House. It's I, 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 I think Sandy Hook, for me, is by far the most important thing that happened this mm -hmm. day because it, cha it, it showed that I think that we were willing to accept as a people the deaths of children in schools. Uh, we, we were willing to prioritize our, our gun rights over, over protecting children uh, in elementary schools. The fact that we're okay with this and that nothing changed after Sandy Hook said so much. And now when you see all of these kids who are so used to active shooter training, we, we didn't have that kind of stuff uh, before then. It was a, that, that was a big deal, I thought. You know what that strikes me, Rich, is it's a reminder of how little um, Americans turn to politicians anymore for moral mm -hmm. leadership. Yeah. Because our politicians have totally failed on these two crises. Yeah, so this is why we've had now for years peace and relative um, uh, prosperity in this country. But there's a sense of deep unease. One, because this decade played out under the shadow of two failures from the prior decade, the financial crisis, as Peggy alluded to, and the Iraq, and war. The Iraq war. And just this something broken, is broken in our society, um, the lack of attachment of individuals, which accounts for the drug crisis, for uh, – um, alcohol deaths for suicide in 2017. I think those three things accounted for 150. Our life expectancy rate for certain Decline. people yeah, has declined. Has come down. Has come down yeah. depending on where you live. I mean, this is something I don't know. I we don't want our. We so distrust our politicians. We don't expect them to have the answers on this. Yeah. So we don't want them and to have losing them. losing trust in government means losing trust in our collective ability to do something. Yeah. I mean, Franklin Roosevelt used to say. You can have any problem, and if man created the problem, you can solve that problem. I think we're losing that sense, and that's really scary. Although, you know, there are positive things about these tens. There was activism. There were online well, ready this to is work. So, this the, is no, most depressing more thing women, ever made. More, well, <laughs> more, no, women, and, more women ran and won than yes, ever before. Yeah. A lot more people interested in politics. There's, it's an arc to this decade. that I, You have to see the positives. Well, you, you have to see it as a historian. In 30 years, this decade may be reviewed differently then we're reviewing it now. We're living in what feels like a more dark period. And I have five seconds. Sorry, guys. That's all we have for today. Thank you for watching. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah and everything. Remember, we'll be back next week because if it's Sunday, it's Meet the Press. Hello from Washington. I'm Chuck Todd. And thanks for checking out the Meet the Press channel on YouTube. Click on the button down here to subscribe and click over here watch the latest interviews, highlights, and other digital exclusives. Sorry about that last part. It's okay. Now I want to hey, click on it. <laughs> well, hey, we'll, at this point, at least we let them get, our, uh, get their plug in uh, as we steal their material here. So, <laughs> so anyways, uh, what do you think? Honestly, 
I, I thought it went on a little too long. You kind of lost me there. I thought we were going to break it up in segments. Oh, uh, who the hell wants to do that much work? <laughs> I would have. But anyway, uh, well, what's the biggest story of, of the decade? Which, by the way, I'm one of those people that knows that the decade doesn't end until the end of 2020. But that's neither here nor there. Clearly, oh. clearly for, for John and I, and for this program and our target audience, there's no question what the number one story was. Without, without question. Okay? It was Twitter arbitrarily shuts you down. No, no, no. Of course not. Uber. Uber was, without question, uh, ride sharing. Uh, God, I hate that term. It's not ride sharing. Who are you uh, on the rocket with? You're not. All you you're are, not. all you're doing is riding in a digital, a uh, the tw- the 21st century's version of hitchhiking is, yeah. is what you're doing. Except yeah, glorified hitchhiking. It, it wasn't. No, actually, I'm wrong. You are you are in you are riding in a gypsy cab that just happens to be in the digital era. That is correct. No. So getting now. The Uber effect, now let's face it, if not for the Uber effect, this conversation would not be happening right now. John and I would not have met. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's something else I can hold against them. But <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> but in all seriousness, uh, for every, every little bright spark like this that's occurred, uh, this has certainly been a positive in my lifetime, but when you stack up all the negatives, and I, I can just go from my own experience, but look how many people have been adversely affected. Oh, don't give me the, oh, but Uber's safe, Uber's this, blah, blah, blah. The taxi, look, the taxi industry needs to get up off its collective fat ass. There's no question about it, okay? The taxi need, industry needed changes on the inside. If you're not in the business, okay, you won't understand what I'm talking about. Now, had they made changes that kept the drivers happy, okay, then you would have had happier customers out there as well. There are some drivers out there you're just not going to be able to do anything with. They're always going to be jerks, okay? It's going to happen. But, and we've talked about this before. But again, without question, the number one story for us is Uber, and uh, because you just look at look at the direct impact it's had on us, and most likely everyone. If you know us, it's had an impact on you. Mm-hmm. If you know us personally, it's not even necessarily just the taxi industry. It has affected. Uh, other forms, you know, there. Are, uh, you you've heard of the of the uh, uh, of Super Shuttle, have you not? I have. Yeah, Super Shuttle is going tits up now in several markets, including here in Minneapolis. Right, right. Um, it's affected the limousine industry. Sure. Well, transportation in general, of course, not just singularly the taxi industry, but but the for hire industry, which again, were changes needed. Sure. Sure. Was this the kick in the butt that the industry as a whole needed? Yes. Have most companies... Look, I can only go from the experience I had where I was. 
and and their 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 version of combating this was to uh, I'll never forget this conversation because it just made so little sense to me how the president of the cab company was going on to me about how well look it we've got a banner up at the airport now in the terminal that points to the taxi stand and it's bigger than the uber banner yeah but the uber banner is still there you know people are still you know that's not gonna it may push three more people a day towards a taxi but it's not gonna help the industry yeah that was banging my head up against the wall uh Mm. and but but that's how people did it but that's how they that you're right that's how they tried to combat it instead of trying to do make steps remember when you and i again early on in our in our uh in this show how we came up with ideas that the uh sure did yeah uh, unfortunately, or uh, yeah, I'll say unfortunately, nobody took any heed. Very few people took heed uh, at this because there are still taxi drivers out there who are trying to take advantage of the public. That's right. Wait, but Ed, you're not even in the taxi business anymore. Yeah, that's right. But I was for a very, very long time. It's a huge part of your life. It's you know? a it's a tremendous part of my life, and while I'm no longer a part of it, and this is because this is why I'm no longer a part of it. Had 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 Uber not shown up, or had Uber been reined in at the beginning, and and I, I think John will agree with me. I think I speak for John when I say, Uber not necessarily look. They just had to play by the same rules as us. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then fine. Bring the competition on. We'll all play. We'll all play the game together. And exactly. who who knows what what might have come out of it? But uh, I, don't, I was going somewhere with that, and I have no idea. <laughs> you might be drinking the same water I am. <laughs> no, I think so. I think so. But look, that's our number one story, bar none. There's no no question about it. As much as all the other things they discussed in that piece were important and very relevant to everybody, nothing nothing affects in, in the 2010s. Nothing had more impact on Professor John Shannon and your old Uncle Ed bigger than Uber. Absolutely right, folks. Absolutely right. Well, what do you say? Do you think that'll wrap it up for this uh, edition of the Wayback uh, Machine? Such that it was. Yeah, well, you know, exactly. We had to to shake it up a little bit, do something a little differently. Uh, We'll be back to the same old shtick uh, next week there. Uh, Maybe, hopefully. You never know. So that'll do it for this. And so let's just carry on there, Montesquieu. All right, so we so we've shut the door on the vault for the Wayback Machine. For uh, now, we need to. Uh, I didn't get a chance to. Oh, what are we doing today? Oh yes, we're we're doing John and Ed versus the spread in the XL version, if you will. Yes, that's right. So we're going to get to this in just a second. But before we do, John, I would like you to explain to, to the listening audience here, what am I wearing? 
uh, I don't know, some, it's a green hat or teal colored hat. Aqua. And it's, Aqua. Oh, is it? Oh, God, yeah, I forgot. Aqua blue, you know. No, just aqua. Just aqua. Just okay. aqua. I, I, I see that. It looks like a looks like a big fish being reeled no. in there off the end of that. No, it's, it's an aquatic mammal. Yeah. It's an aquatic It'll, mammal. It looks like something that's going to be cat food fairly, fairly shortly. <laughs> oh, where? Come you, on, cue uh, it up. It's cue it up. I hate you. <laughs> oh, you're gonna hate me today. I promise you. I promise you, you're gonna hate me. So just okay. uh, here we go. It's time for John and Ed versus the Spread, your weekly foray into the exciting world of pigskin prog- pro- cro- prognostication. Each week, John, running the clock out, Shannon and I will each choose, well, this week we're choosing all 16 professional football games. I will select the winners using the point spread. At the end of the season, the winner will claim possession of the Radio TFI Gilchrist Ceremonial Sippy Cup. Each of us will be able to swap out one game each week for any reason as long as it's done before the live show ends. Ladies and gentlemen, kids and kittens, it's and I'll break your arm if you say anything. John and Ed versus the spread. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids and kittens, last week your all Uncle Ed once again went 10-6 and six in his personal picks. <laughs> what good did that do you uh not a whole not a whole hell of a lot last week uh your old uncle ed went one and two while while professor shannon there had the mirror image he was two and one which puts him at a three-game lead going into the final week of the regular season by the way the regular season does not end this contest it does not end the contest. Oh, that, oh, I tell you, you you are a piece of work. I'm telling you, you are a piece of work. It didn't end it last year. We ended in a tie last year because we didn't broadcast for Super Bowl. We were off the air. We were off the air because one of us was moving and up, uprooting his life. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so the currently we stand. At young Mr. Shannon is 31 and 20. I am at 28 and 23. This week we are we've each picked all 16 games. Now we're not going to go through all the games now. That would just be horribly time consuming. But we'll each each grab a couple out there and uh, uh, well, so let's do this. This should this shouldn't take a whole lot of time. We'll just read off every game. Now I sent you my list. Okay. All right. Well, I had something else planned, but well, it's your segment, isn't it? Oh wow! Yeah, it's gonna be you like that. One, you are one hurtful individual. I, I am. I am. I am. I'm a nasty son of a bitch. Which is why I live in a basement with no windows. Eh, but there you go. All right. So we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna go quickly down the line of all the games. And uh, John, do you have your list in front of you? I do have my list in front of me. Okay. And I'm so, assuming you will send me your list here uh, 
when we're done so I can follow along? Basically, for most of the games, whatever you picked, I went the other way. Oh, are you kidding me? I am not. <laughs> not all the games, but but we'll talk about it. That's a Hail Mary pass if I've ever heard of one. You, you better believe it. It's I, I either go screaming ahead of the... Or I fall woefully behind. There's still there's still eleven games left after this week, by the way, postseason. Yeah. So oh. I I can get to eleven games behind, or you can get to eleven games behind, and still have a chance. Oh, where do you hear the rules? For, where do you hear the rules for the postseason? You're gonna love it. Oh, good lord! All right, we're gonna start down the list. We're gonna go through this as quickly as we can. Uh, at the top of the list are my, my aquatic mammals. The Miami Dolphins visiting the New England Patriots. Miami's getting 16 and a half points. John and I both chose the Dolphins. Me because I'm, I'm a longtime fan. Him because I hate him. That's why. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. And, and there's going to be a reoccurring theme in some of these picks. The fact is that uh, a lot of these teams, uh, New England especially, uh, the Vikings, they have their spot pretty much laid. They, they stand nothing to gain by having uh, their starters out on the field. You know, this is a lot of these games are going to resemble uh, preseason games, quite honestly. So, uh, yeah, you're right. 16 and a half. I'm taking the Dolphins. All right. Uh, move, moving along. Moving along because this is going to be. Then, then we've got, I, I've got this broken down by division because in the final week, all the division teams play each other. I don't know if you're aware of that, but everybody plays somebody in a division. So we're in the AFC East right now. So then we have the Jets at Buffalo. Uh, John, John took the Bills, giving up five and a half points. That was most of these. John, John and I had the same exact picks. There was maybe three or four games that we were different. And so now I'm taking the basically whatever he's taking, I'm taking the opposite. So I'm getting the Jets with five and a half points. Cleveland, Cincinnati. I'm taking Cincinnati at home, getting three points. The one in fourteen uh, Bengals, who the Dolphins had to take the overtime to beat after having like an eighteen point lead, sixteen points. <sighs> Pittsburgh, Baltimore. John takes Baltimore at home. Giving up two and a half points. I've got the Steelers. Uh, I've got Jacksonville uh, getting a point at home against Indianapolis while John takes the Colts. Tennessee visits Houston where I've got the uh, the Oilers. What are they called now? The Titans. That's it. Titans getting a point. John's taking Houston, giving up a point at home. It's the L.A. Chargers visiting those Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, John takes Kansas City, gives up seven points. I'm taking those seven points and taking the charges. The Raiders visit Denver. Uh, John took Denver and getting four and a half points. And that really broke my heart because I really wanted to take Oakland one last time. But I'll take Denver, giving up four and a half points over the Raiders. Moving into the NFC, here we are. The Philadelphia takes Philadelphia takes on the New York Football Giants. Uh, I'm taking the Giants, getting four points at home, while John takes those Eagles. Fly Eagles, fly, giving up four points. Washington, Washington visits Dallas. This one hurt. This one hurt. 
John's getting 14 points with the with the uh, Washington team not to be mentioned. I'm giving up 14 points. <laughs> and Dallas ain't that good. They're, they're in a fight for, for the division with Philly. And uh, both of them will uh, be lucky to finish an 8-8. Eight and eight. And that hurts. Uh, moving into the NFC Norris division. It's them Chicago Bears. The Bears visiting the uh, the Purple People Eaters. Shockingly, John took the Bears and getting seven points against his Vikings. No home love whatsoever. That is shocking. Shocking. Meanwhile, I have embraced his team that he is forlorn. I'm giving up seven points to do it. I told you I had to go the opposite way on most of these. Here's another one that hurts. Uh, no, actually, we both took this. Green Bay giving up 10 points at Detroit. Now, I would have swapped, except I'm taking Green Bay because they're the only team I have left that I have a perfect record with. I've picked them five times thus far, previous to this, and I've won with them every time. So I'm taking them for the final game. So you and I will do a push on that one, no matter how that works out. Unless you want to change it to Detroit and get 10 points. Nope. You sure? Okay. Positive. Atlanta visits them, them there Buccaneers in the old, uh, in the new sombrero. Uh, Tampa giving up two and a half points, which is who I have. You've got Atlanta getting two and a half points. And quite honestly, I think both teams will just leave the field at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there's anything there. They should leave the field the first set of downs, you know, but that's neither here nor there. Then New Orleans Saints, who, by the way, had a workout for a number of players, including, what's his name, Nitwit, uh, what's his name, that got cut by the Patriots in week two. I just watched the story. Oh, oh, what the hell was his name? Jackson? Or? He's just going to be a blip in history after this season anyways. Right. Who cares? So John's John's getting eleven points with the Carolina Panthers at home against them. Who who them who them but no who that who that who that. I'm I've got the Saints giving up eleven points, which I don't feel horrible about. But again, to John's point, the Saints pretty much have it. They're locked in where they're locked in. I believe mm-hmm. uh, the Rams. The Rams. Uh, I'm giving up seven points. They're hosting the Arizona Cardinals. John is getting seven points with said Cardinals. And finally, the final regular season game of the year, Sunday night, in Seattle. Uh, I had it listed as a pick'em. John had it listed. Okay, so John, John, you put it as a point for Seattle. Yeah, and that's, okay. that's what I uh, For San Francisco, I'm sorry. John, John put it as, uh, as San Francisco getting a point. Which I could live with, uh, since especially since I have San Francisco getting a point, and and John has Seattle giving up a point. But this is going to be a great game because this is a battle for the division. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a battle for the division. So so there you have it, kids and kids. Then next week we get into the wild card, and boy, the rules we got coming up for. I think we did it last year. Uh, we'll talk about that more next week, but. There's, uh, it's not going to be quite as simple as just flipping a coin. I'm going to make you work for it this year. Not that you didn't work well, for it last year. 
I, I, I think this is this is a, a desperation move for a man who is all but just you know as close as he got to me this whole year. And remember, like he said, this is his game. This is his segment. But yet, the, the cream had risen, risen to the top, and he got up. He got close. He got even with me. Congratulations, he got even with me. But otherwise, he's been kind of sharing, having the same view of the lead dog here for pretty much the entire season. The, cr- so, the, cr- uh, the cream was on my lips, and you made me wipe it off. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because it's, it's unbecoming. It I was there. I had it. I was. <laughs> All right, so there, there you have it, kids and kittens, and and uh, you know those are what constitute our holiday picks for this year. Uh, John, what what is it we always tell the kids and kittens at this point? Uh, what I tell them is is that uh, hey, these are sure bets. I'm going fourteen and zero. So uh. <laughs> there's sixteen games, John. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to give away two mulligans. I'm going to get two mulligans here, but the other 14 are... So you're predicting a 14... Oh, oh, wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You're predicting a 14-2 and two for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I got to write that one down. Oh, yeah. Wait. We, we, should, we should do this real quick. We, we, got, we got 16 games... We should while we're while we're doing this all we should lay our predictions on how many we are actually going to get right. <sighs> of course we're confident in ourselves. Well, keep in mind I changed all my picks to go opposite you, so <laughs> uh, I guess really that's pointless when you think about it. Because this is going to go like I said earlier, either very well for me, or for both. Look, it may wind up we go eight and eight. Who the heck knows? But if one of us gets on a tear, it's going to be really bad for the other one. It's going to be it's going to be blood flows red on the highway, folks. <laughs> as as long as you are no more than eleven games behind when the dust settles on Sunday night, then we will be you will be fine. That's all you have to remember. 11 games behind. Are we clear there, uh, Bubby? Yes, yes, we're, we're so, clear. So so you need to go uh, uh, 14 and 2, pretty much is it. Uh, 13 and 3, yeah, 14 and 2. Yeah, something like that. If you go 14 and 2, you clinch. That's it, it's over. How about that? And then it's turn out the light. The party's over. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, kids and kittens, boys and girls of all ages, that concludes John and Ed versus Spread for this week. As we always like to say, if you're going to use our picks to go out and gamble real money, like the rent money or milk money, what are you? What are you? Some kind, some kind of fatuity? Oh, yeah, hey, hey, what are you thinking, huh? If you do so, do it in Iowa. They need your money. That's all. That's all the people need to know. That's all the people. Well, that takes care of that for this week. And uh, oh, what do you know? What do you know? I shut down the music completely. Don't worry about me. Go ahead. Continue with the show. Oh, you shut down the music. Come on. I shut down the music. Hey, you know, on a, on kind of a, a football theme here. 
Uh, I, and I didn't know that uh, Nike, I know that Nike had been a firm uh, supporter of uh, Callan Kaepernick, but apparently the new shoe, the, the new Callan, Colin, excuse me, Kaepernick shoe, uh, shoe sold out literally in minutes, according to CBS News. Uh, a sneaker bearing the likeness of former NFL player Colin Kaepernick proved to be an instant hit about, uh, excuse me, among Nike customers selling out not long after the company announced Monday that it was available for, uh, for sale. Uh, the Air Force One X uh, Colin Kaepernick is no longer available after its release Monday in North America uh, Nike stores. So put that uh, put that in your uh, pipe and smoke it there, uh, uh, Mr. Donald Trump. Uh, and, well, I know, think I think that's true for a lot of people who who completely misinterpreted what it is the young man was doing. I think he's a pompous ass myself from his playing days. I never particularly cared for him as a player. That being said, uh, there again, we, I don't want to have the argument here or get into the discussion, but it was all about free speech. That's all it was. He was making a point. And uh, look, I could point out hundreds of more disrespectful moves at every NFL game every NFL game than that young man yeah. is accused of yeah. so. yes indeed hey did you uh, did you know that speaking of uh, sales and, and things that are flying flying off the shelves if you will although it really doesn't look look like it uh, in this particular picture there is a man in western michigan who is who has opened a trump themed maggot oh excuse me uh maga store in uh, indeed in western michigan actually the the name of the town is plainfield michigan uh president donald trump's 2016 campaign slogan is the theme of the new maga store uh, in Plainfield Township, uh, West Michigan local Gary Middleton opened the store a couple weeks ago, inspired by a similar store on the other side of the state. Inside the store is a one-stop, uh, one-stop shop for everything Trump. Oh, and on a somewhat related note, there is a. Uh, there is a hat that's been put out by the DNC, which reads, Flush the Third on November 3rd. <sighs> Flush the Third on November 3rd. I, 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 I heard it. Oh, come on. That, uh, I, I'm, very, I'm very sorry that the DNC is behind that. Well, it's got their logo on it, at least. Let's hope they're not behind it. That, that's... Look, I know at some point somebody's going to have to get down the street and slug it out with this nitwit, but uh, I don't know. Come on, I think it's catchy. But then again, you know, hey, maybe my sense of toilet humor is is a little bit stronger than yours. <laughs> Say that again? My, oh, my sense of 
Yeah, I, I my sense of humor probably is not quite as sophisticated as yours. Let me. Oh, oh, I I couldn't agree more. Are you kidding me? If I could grow two more arms to raise my hand and say yes, you're you're absolutely correct. Are you kidding me? You're a Midwestern bump on the log, bumpkin. That's the word I'm looking for. There you go. I'm a, you're right. I'm a sophisticated East Coaster, don't you know? Yeah. Okay. Good lord. <laughs> Wearing my Miami Dolphins cap, by the way. So yeah, well, I can't help for what you decide to wear on your head. That's, that's there's there's no help. Better what than who? Yeah, this is true. <laughs> hey, are you a, are you an SNL fan, by the way? Who me? I have literally I have literally watched since the first episode. Really, really, I've seen so every I'm episode. So then you obviously didn't miss it when uh, Eddie Murphy uh, made uh, his triumphant return, if you will. Let me say this. I, 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 am very ha- I was very happy to see him embrace uh, some of his classic characters. There was one they did a misstep with, Velvet Jones. They it's a good character, but uh, that, it was the wrong sketch for that. But that being said, to see Gumby... Now, if you want to see something, you Google a Gumby Christmas special when he was originally on the show. It is hilarious. I can watch it to this day and laugh. Joe Piscopo as Frank Sinatra, which he was—he did a great Sinatra, and it's just hilarious. I'm Gumby, damn it. But he embraced these characters, Mr. Robinson, and what I would have loved to see. And here's another one you can uh, Google on your YouTube, kids. Is James Brown Celebrity Hot Tub. If you've oh. never, if you've never seen James Brown Celebrity Hot Tub, here's the whole premise of the joke. Now you got to know that James Brown, when he sings, he does a lot of ow, ooh, ow, ow. So James Brown is singing. He goes, he, he he goes to get in the hot tub. He puts his foot in, you know. James Brown, get in the hot tub. Ow! Ooh, ooh, can I go to the hot tub? Too hot? It's funny. I can't do it. But yes, I thought he did uh, for the pompous ass that Eddie, Eddie Murphy could be at times. I think he, he, he embraced what what actually propelled him to, to where he is now. And he embraced these characters, and it was good to see. This is what the people wanted to see. And he had a couple other, other bits that, that were okay. There was the one as an elf, which I thought was funny as hell. Uh, near the end of the show, but uh, I, I'm i sorry, Eddie, Eddie Murphy on SNL, I didn't hear a thing about it. Oh, you didn't hear anything about it? Nothing, nothing. Oh. Well, there was one part in the show which I thought was, uh, I don't know, again, it's my toilet humor kicking in, but uh, this, he was doing, uh, they were doing a sketch on a cooking show. So here's, here's just a little part of this uh, cooking show. And get your finger on the button. You have another tough decision to make. Oh, that is incorrect. <laughs> we can still win this shit. Well, we'll be back with the tough decision right after this. <laughs> I think that. Uh, I was watching that live, and, and what was what was interesting? They never referenced it again. Yeah, that that's that, yeah. They kind of they tried to sweep that one under the rug. I don't. So I, don't funny because- I don't understand how 
I mean, they've got a seven-second delay. Somebody was asleep at the button, literally. Mm-hmm. Because there, there is a delay. Anyway. It was so funny, though, if you were watching it, too, was, you know, after he let it fly, and he realized he let it fly, yeah, uh, fly yeah. right at the time, he kind of sheepishly put his hand yes. over his mouth. And, oops. <laughs> <laughs> he knew it. He knew it. But then again, if you've seen any of his concerts, from when he you know when he was first big huge in the eighties, that's uh-huh. that's nothing. It's mild. I mean, oh. my favorite bit. I gotta find it again. I had it. I, I gotta put it back together. Is he does a bit about uh, Ralph Cramden and Ed Norton, Norton mm-hmm. being gay. Right. Hey, no- I- hey Norton, you know that I know, <laughs> and and he does both of them. So I I mean, he, his impressions were we're spot on and uh so so we're, we're we're cranking down to about five minutes left here uh consider this the radio tfi taxi stand hour new year's countdown kind of sort of in in a not really kind of not really way but this is it for us for for 2019 and i i, I again i want to say thanks to john i want to say thanks to everybody else out there who this was not my best year. I mean, it's turned around. But remember, 11 months ago, I was packing up everything I owned to, to start fresh at 59, 60 years old. I just come off one of the worst years of my life. Bearing in mind, there's a guy who spent two weeks in a coma after a massive heart attack. And that still wasn't the worst year of my life. So uh, things have turned around a little bit. Things are not perfect, but again, uh, we're hoping in 2020, you know, we, we just move on here. We're, we're just humming along, singing a song now. We're doing the best we can with everything we have. Uh, and for those of you that listen to us, I, I want to thank you profusely. Uh, by the way, I, I'll make this little announcement now. Uh, I'm expecting to hear back any any day now. Uh, this show should be available on iTunes, if not f- very early into the new year, where uh, we, we, we've, we've started that process and we're just waiting uh, for final approval. And then you'll be able to get us on iTunes and, uh, or just any, any place you get podcast, really. We will be one of those. Uh, we'll still continue to do the show live, but we'll put the podcast... Basically, we're recording our podcast every Saturday at 10 a.m., and you folks get to listen in on it. I think I think that's what we've become. The raw version is what you're getting. That is correct. You, you are getting the the raw version, complete with all the, uh, the big-time professional radio moments all thrown in. Which, by the way, we for the most part, we leave in. Uh, the podcast. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, did. yeah, and 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 the tape version. We, uh, or, or as I did a couple of weeks ago, we had a massive, massive uh, problem, and I just put in the uh, the uh, technical difficulties sound effect. <laughs> you know, well played, Mister Van Ness. Well played. That's Doctor Van Ness to you, sir. Yes, yes, indeed. John, you got Audio two minutes. Esquire, if you will. Uh, you know, I guess reflecting back, uh, reflecting back on this 
it's what I found funny and and I have to uh, when I can get back on health insurance again I need to go and get this uh, uh, this whole situation looked at uh, I I'm not I'm not soliciting sympathy here by any stretch of imagination but uh, I have been slowly seeming to my whole cognitive state has uh, uh, has really slipped if you will and and this wasn't always you know I know this wasn't always the case for me I've never stumbled over words and I've never up like I have over the last I'd say over the last year I've really kind of just thoughts come flying through my mind like you wouldn't believe I get easily distracted welcome to the welcome to the old age club sir if that and that might be very well be but it pisses me off because like I said I was I was never like that you know? and guess what I was never like that either and we, we all get to be that way uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there because I want to explain what's coming up now we're, we're ending a little early a little earlier than we normally do uh, we're gonna play which we've never played on this show before uh, we're gonna play taxi by Harry Chapin there's not a cab driver in the world that hasn't hasn't said to themselves I stuffed the bill on my sh- I stashed the bill on my shirt mm-hmm. and of course my best friend was Harry who was also a cab driver we used to torment them with you know Harry keep the change so <clears throat> so we're gonna play Harry Chapin to take us out of not only this show but of 2019 John uh, and, and I'll let you uh, take us out oh is this what they call taking out no I'm not going to say that you got about 20 20 seconds thanks for joining us here on the taxi stand hour on radio TFI and SoundCloud and uh, I guess we'll see you in the next decade adios see ya It was raining hard in Frisco I needed one more fare to make my night A lady up ahead waved to flag me down She got in at the light Oh, where you going to, my lady blue? It's a shame you ruined your gown in the rain she just looked out the window She said, 16 Parkside Lane Something about her was familiar I could swear I'd seen her face before But she said, I'm sure you're mistaken And she didn't say anything more It took a while, but she looked in the mirror Then she glanced at the license for my name A smile seemed to come to her slowly It was a sad smile just the same And she said, how are you, Harry? How are you, Sue? Through the too many miles and the two little smiles, I still 
Oh 